Hey, welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. This is Ash. This is Tori. And today we're going to be talking about Stranger Things Season 2, Chapter 4, Will the Wise. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you guys some cool information. As you know, last week we said we were going to be talking to the BTS, that means behind the scenes photographer, and I confirmed with him last night that that interview is definitely going to be happening within the next two weeks, so that's exciting. He'll tell us all about working with the kids on season one, and he has some really cool pictures and some cool stories, so that'll be exciting. We also connected to an extra for Stranger Things season two, and she's not just an extra in one scene, I think she's an extra in everything. It looks like she's in the school, in the Henderson house. Um, nice. Everywhere. So we're going to be talking with her. Her name is Brooke Anderson, and she lives back and forth, I think, between Atlanta and it looks like New York. So she reached out and said she was a huge fan of the show. And I always check you guys out when you say you're a fan of the show just to see what kind of things you post or where, what city you live in. And saw that she had a ton of pictures with the cast. And so she's going to be on the show, so that'll be fun. Also, our good friend Bethany Ann Lind, who you all know from Hopper's Love Interest from Stranger Things Season 1, reached out to a good friend of hers, Andrew Benator. I always say these names wrong you guys know and he played the first victim of the Demogorgon in season one he was the scientist running down the hall that got scooped up by the Demogorgon in the first minute of Stranger Things that had us all hooked and he's agreed to be on the podcast as well so that's really fun news and the last bit of excitingness is that when Tori and I reached out to Chester Rushing about six months ago his agent told us we needed to wait until season two aired and to get back in touch with them and Tori and I went and met Chester probably um Two a or couple three weeks, weeks ago, ago. Empire. and he agreed to do an interview with us via the phone call, via the phone call, <laughs> via a phone call. So that is another exciting thing to look forward to. Those four interviews we have lined up for you. So even though we'll be bringing you these episodes once a week and we'll be done in nine episodes, we're going to follow up by taking you to locations and talking to different people. And we're still trying to get more people. So stay tuned. That's going to be fun. Do you have anything you want to add before we get started? A little bit of a friends don't lie for this episode. For the last episode, we said that um, episode three ended with all the tubes going into Will's mouth. That is not true. Episode four starts that way. Yeah. I totally noticed that. I was rewatching episode four and I was like, oh, a lot of the things that we discussed in episode three actually, actually happened episode in episode four. four. But they all kind of happen in the same time frame as yeah. in far as it's, it's like same. a 24 hour day for them. Yeah, they split like a scene into like two episodes. Yeah, I totally noticed that too. And I was like, maybe nobody will point it out. Thanks, Tori. You're welcome. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. Don't lie. <laughs> cool. So this episode opens, as Tori said, with Winona, Winona Ryder. Yep. She's like, well, Joyce. Joyce. She's <laughs> flying through the city. It says, you know, drive 20 po- miles an hour when school children are near. And she's whipping through in her Pinto. I guess there was a thing in the 70s. I'm totally going to get the year wrong where, like, there was a problem with those cars and they, like... Got recalled? Yeah. yeah. Caught fire a lot. Yeah. I wonder if the Duffers knew that and that's why they picked it or if they're just like, oh, it's a cool old car. So they go back to the school <laughs> and Joyce is running and, oh, she's walking down the hallway and she runs into Gaten and the kid's looking for Dart and Lucas comes running in and he's like, it's Will! And they all run to the field. And this is what we were talking about in the other episode where we're like, and Joyce, stand around him and they're like, Will, it's what's the wrong? The, that's the, the intro the of this that's episode. Always in the um, Entertainment Weekly thing where yeah. like, Will's standing there with his eyes rolled back into his Head. Which we said last episode, but again, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys listen to it, you know. You if you binge watch the whole series, everything feels like one episode because we all watched it in like eight hours. <laughs> I liked how the Duffer Brothers. I think they directed this. It might have been Sean, but how they had the intense camera movement, how it was circling around yeah. Will and the kids. So it wasn't just a straight on, and it wasn't just panning from kid to kid. It was like it was like matrixing them. Yeah. Where it was like circling, and it, it created this level of like real intensity. I love and then, I love Mike's facial expressions in this. They're so sad. He looks like so distraught. He's like, what's going on with my best friend? They all look sad. And I think the funny thing, not 
not funny, but is Max. Max <laughs> is like, what is happening? <laughs> because she doesn't know anything. Because, like, up until this point, she didn't really believe them, right? She kind of, she was, like, on the fence about it. I think she doesn't know all the information yet, because in a later episode, Lucas pulls her aside yeah, and kind of yeah, gives yeah. her the lowdown. So I think she just has tidbits of information. Like, she knows that Will, something happened to Will last summer, and yeah. they, they call him Zombie Boy, but I don't think she has all of the details yet, so she's yeah. probably just, like, What's if you saw happening? any person freaking out, like, his eyeballs are just rolling back, I'm sure yeah. you'd think he was having a seizure, except that he's not laying down on the ground. He's but standing it's straight Standing up. still, seizure. Yeah. Seizure. Oh, so Joyce... Oh, so she goes to take him to Hawkins. Yeah, so she takes him home. Oh, you can't watch the episode while we're doing it. That's <laughs> cheating! That's cheating! I'm gonna do it! Just so I can know what's going on. <laughs> they go back to the buyer's house, and Joyce is having a conversation with Will, and she's basically saying to him, look, I found that drawing of the thing that you saw the night that you were trick-or-treating. I know what's going on. Like, yeah, you, stop lying You can't to me. lie to me. Like... Don't, don't lie. Yeah, I think she's saying to him, you know, you can't lie. How can I help you if you're lying? And he's like, okay, you know. And he does the... So she's he basically starts explaining him. She's questioning him, and he's telling her everything. Mm -hmm. And this is where Noah does his scene where he, like, starts crying, and he's oh, just... Oh, so it's good. It's so good, yeah. So powerful. It's really good. I felt it everywhere. I thought it was cool because the actress Sarah Paulson, who is in tons of stuff, you guys American probably know... American Horror Story. Yeah, but she's known from, like, tons of stuff. Like, I remember oh, seeing the her the OJ in, trial thing. One, yeah, I mean, sure. she's in everything. Like, yeah. literally, she has a role in everything. Yeah. But she tweeted out something, and I'm going to read it because I don't want to get it wrong. She says, someone give Noah Schnapp every award this for this truly extraordinary work on Stranger Things. And then she went at Golden Globes, at the Emmys, at SAG Awards. And I couldn't agree with that more. I thought he did such a great job. I feel like Millie kind of got snubbed last year. Not like a mean snub, but I felt like she really deserved to win. Especially being nominated against such hardcore, like, actresses who really know what's up. Yeah. So I hope Noah gets nominated at least. He may not win because, you know, there's so much talent out there, especially when you're dealing yeah. with kids and adults. I don't know. He... He like, did great. It was so good. People, like, totally underestimated him. Like, he's ridiculously talented. I don't think we underestimated him. I think you just didn't see a lot from him season one, so you yeah. weren't really sure what he could do. And mm -hmm. then in season two, he kind of brought it. I like the the fight scene. I mean, I don't like it. It makes me sad, but I just think it's a really excellent scene when it goes to Hopper and Eleven, and she's kind of walking home through the woods of the dark, and you see the silhouette of Hopper standing on the cabin steps Ooh, with his yeah. cigarette, and you know he's just been, like, waiting for her, and she comes in the door, and he's like, did you go see Mike? And she's like, nobody saw me. And he's like, oh, somebody saw you. Because of uh, yeah. Lady. Yeah, and then they have the fight where she starts saying, and I never leave! That scene is so intense. Yeah. I read an article with David Hopper, and, or Hopper, gosh, David. I do that every time, David Harbour. <laughs> David Hopper. And he was saying that doing those two intense fight scenes with the kids, so he does one with Millie early on, and then he'll do another one with Finn, that's not Ooh. really a spoiler, later on. Mwah. And he was saying it was a little bit harder doing the one with Millie. He said he doesn't know, I don't think he's like being sexist when he says this, but he was like, he didn't know if it was because she was a girl, or he didn't know what it was, but he just felt like it took a lot more out of him than the other one. Yeah. And I think it's just honestly, the one with Mike, or Finn. It's so short. It's short. And they're it's not as close. I mean, it's intense, but it's shorter. Yeah. And the one with Millie is like, they're following each other from room to room, and she's like screaming, and their faces are close to each other, versus like Finn or Mike is like pounding on David. Yeah. In this one, you know, they're just really intensely screaming at each other very close. I mean, he is close to her face, yelling yeah. at her. That's probably why, because he's it's just so like I'm wondering intense. if this I'm wondering if this is one of the scenes that they shot, because you know they don't shoot in order. When she was supposed to come to Collective Con last year in oh, Jacksonville, maybe. she was really sick because she'd been shooting late, and David tweeted 
don't worry, honey or sweetie, take care of yourself. We have that really big scene coming up. So it could either be the finale or it could have been this one because this is really, he's like, you need to save your energy. Yeah. And I felt like this scene is a little bit more intensive than, I mean, I love the final scene in yeah. the final episode and we'll talk about it when we get there. But this one was like really like slamming. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It was very intense. This I mean, is the one where the windows get blown out, right? Yes. Okay, so they they rigged, like, the act, like that wasn't special effects. Like, they actually rigged those windows to all, like, bust out, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, I heard that, too. It's dangerous. Yeah, super dangerous. Can't ruin the, the talent. Well, I mean, um, I think I remember them saying that, like, Millie was in the other room and David was kind of just, like, he was, like, he, he didn't want to use a stunt double. He was, like, no, I'm going to do it. I thought he knew, he probably knew that he would be okay, and if something did happen, I mean, there's a million people around when you're filming something. Yeah. It's, like, 80 people on set and an emergency team. I'm sure he would be fine. Yeah. But, yeah, those are just really... <laughs> It was a good scene, and it was kind of heartbreaking, too. Because you're like, poor Eleven. She never gets to go anywhere. She never gets to do anything. She does finally escape, goes out on a journey, sees Mike. He's with some other girl. She comes home, like, I don't know. She should have stayed. I mean, like... Well, she's a kid. She's yeah. 13. I f- she's I f- been trapped in a house for a year. Yeah, I see a lot of people... Okay, yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, but I see a lot of people posting. They're like, Hopper's so mean, blah, 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 blah. He's, like, preventing her from being happy. And I see like, it as love. He loves her. Yes, and he is, like, he's so trying, worried about and her. And I... Like, those kids just don't understand it because their parents probably keep them in the house. And they're like, my parents hate me. And it's like, no, they don't. He's trying to protect her. Yeah, I think he was scared. I think the whole time she was gone, he was probably like, I have nothing. I have to sit here on the porch. I don't know where she is. And he was just afraid. And I think he says as much later. Later. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a great scene. It was a really good scene. Really good acting. It's hard to, it's, you know, you see million interviews and it's hard to remember that she just turned 13 years old. She seems so much older and she just carries herself really well. And so I'm not sure every young actress could pull that scene off, but she. Oh, and the crying scene at the end where she's on the wall and she's like bawling. Oof. Yeah. We'll we'll get there when, because it's towards the end, right? That's just the end of the scene. Oh, is it? Yeah. She's herself in the room and then she. Oh, where she screams. Yeah. And then the the glass breaks. Yeah. Yeah, She throws herself up against the wall and cries. So sad. Yeah. Poor Millie. (laughs) Then what does it go to? Then I think it's just like a quick clip. I think we go to the buyer's house. We don't have to say everything exactly, but I think it goes to the buyer's house and Nancy is talking to her parents and... And Jonathan walks in and uh, Winona and... Or Joyce and Will are sleeping. Oh yeah, there's like a quick clip of them. Um, And I think they did that just to show you Noah's or Will's eyes moving to let you know. A lot of people are like, that's just REM. Your eyes move when you're sleeping. And it's like, no. no, that's kind of crazy. That's showing... That's trying to like foreshadow that something is happening with him because your eyes don't move that crazy when you're sleeping. Yeah. But yeah, it goes to the buyer house and Nancy is like talking to her mom. She's like, I'm going to go over to my friend's house and we're going to have a girl's night. Which, which I think her mom wouldn't even believe because Nancy hasn't really been hanging out with people and doing stuff. I mean, I guess her mom... I guess her mom's just like, yeah, peace. Yeah, get out her of the house. Is, has been kind of uninterested in her children's lives. Really. <laughs> I don't think the mom is uninterested in the children's lives. I, I like as a parent, and I think that just as your kids get older, you're like, yeah, you want to leave the house. I got stuff to do. Like, go live your yeah. lives. And they're getting older. And again, or maybe she just has faith in her that she'll like be like a good kid. So she's like, oh, okay, go have a girls' night. Like, and whatever. I mean, Nancy is almost, you know, she's what? She's, she's a, a junior, yeah. so she's almost 17, an adult. Yeah. So she has a way to drive and get around or at least she rides around with people all the time so I'm sure the mom is like you know at a certain point you just have to let your kids live their lives and they're gonna do what they want to do regardless so you want to go to your friend's house fine I gotta deal with Ted (laughs) like like, yes please he takes all of my energy (laughs) and then she what happens next oh she walks out kind of she walks out kind of strangely like I felt like that dinner was happening at night but then it shows her walking out I guess it was supposed to be family breakfast, but it felt like it was at night. Yeah. And then she walks out to the car and Jonathan's waiting for it. And he's like, hey. <laughs> Ugh. 
That's a perfect Jonathan impression. Whatever Jonathan. I don't does. know why I don't like him. Like I like Charlie Heaton, kind of. I don't think. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't think it's that we don't like Jonathan. I think it's just a little bit. I feel we're like not into the. I feel like it's such a stereotype. Like it's such like a. Oh, he listens to. N- New Order, and he I was, likes Talking Head and reads books. Like, well, I think he's—I don't know. I was—I think what it is. I was reading it, something, and it said, "Here's what we learned from this episode: Jonathan is Nancy's whipping boy," <laughs> which is like essentially That's how it true. kind of seems. Like, Jonathan is his own person, and in season one, he did weird stuff, but he was like kind of a loner and kind of a rebel and he loved his brother and he loved his mom and he was just kind of socially awkward and then I was hoping in season two some of that socially awkwardness would go away because he made friends when they were fighting evil but he still seems kind of socially awkward and he still kind of seems like it doesn't seem like he's supporting Nancy like yeah let's do this it's kind of just like yeah Nancy whatever you say whatever you say Nancy we'll do it and I don't think that that's bad but something about it feels it's weird. It's because it's kind of how it feels like with Steve, too. I mean, like, obviously, like, he was like, I'm not putting up Well, he's a anymore. boyfriend, too, so yeah. that's what a boyfriend does, right? Yeah. Like, you try to support your partner. I don't partner. know, that's sad. Jonathan, find another girl. I don't know. Nancy, be alone. I, I, guess I, can't, <laughs> I guess I can't put my finger on what it is, but I think the idea is that you're... He seems very complacent. Like, he's very just like, oh, Nancy, I'll do whatever for you. And it's like, why? I think, um, <laughs> well, I think the idea is that the writers are trying to get you to slowly be on their team that these two belong together. And I think that because we don't think that they belong together for different reasons, at least right now, yeah. it's every moment like that is just very, I don't know. I think we probably talked about this too much, but you guys know how we feel. No Jancy. <laughs> no Stancy either. But he does support her and that's good. So yeah. she basically gets in the car and she's like, you ready? And he's like, "You want to? let's go. And then they did a little, you know, flashback to the clash um, because we know that he likes the clash from season yeah. one. They speed away and they head off to their journey. Yeah. Wherever. Strange journey. Super weird journey. So then we go to the Henderson house and Dustin is feeding Dart. And it's so cute when Dart eats his three musketeers and Dustin says something to him and he looks up and he kind of like smiles and he's chewing his chocolate. Gross. He's so cute. No, I don't agree. He's adorable. It's gross. He's like, like a worm. He looks like a little cutie patootie. Like a little... And then Dustin covers him with the sheet because he likes to be kept in darkness. And then he says, I'll see you later. And Dart does a cute little, like, I love you. I, I mean, yeah, I guess. He's cute until, like... Well, yeah, but we don't know any, But episode. you don't know any of that. So if you're just taking it at face value while he's eating the candy bar, yeah. he's super cute. And Dustin is, like, smiling. I'm really mad that Dustin didn't, like... Okay, well, this doesn't come until later, so I'm not going to say it. But just... I feel like Dustin got gypped this season. He didn't get anything. Caleb got Max. Dustin got... Well, Dart. I think that that's wrong. <laughs> I think, I disagree. I think that the character of Dart, even though we'll talk about it more, like, in the season as it progresses, like, what At happens with episode, that. Yeah. I think that that, having that relationship made Dustin bolder. He always kind of followed the kids and did whatever they want. But there's an episode in towards the very end where something is happening and Dustin kind of steps up and he's like, no, everybody's like, no, 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 Dustin. And he's like, he stands up and he kind of puts his arms in front of everybody and he kind of takes charge. I think the relationship is to make him bolder. Like he's making decisions. Like his friends are like, Dart is bad. And instead of going along with the party, you know, he's hiding Dart because he deeply feels that Dart is good. So I think that that's why they gave the relationship to Dustin so that he could kind of form his own person. That's, that's a cool way of looking at and it. And kind of do some things. I mean, ultimately, like, he makes some bad, bad choices. <laughs> but, you know, he's a kid. and I, But I think that's what it was, is he had to make decisions. Like, ultimately, in another episode, he's going to have to confront those bad decisions. So he just yeah. becomes braver and braver. And I think that that's why they did it, to kind of 
give him that, you know, storyline. And it's kind of, it's interesting. It's a good storyline. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, that's actually a cool way of looking at it. I don't know, but... Then it, dart. then it goes, well, right now we love Dart. He's adorable. I mean, aw, Dart. He's <laughs> right now. <laughs> what does it do next? Oh, they're in school and, and Dustin arrives late and he can't find everybody and they are all looking for Dart because they don't know that he's hidden them. And Lucas, do you see Lucas jump out of that garbage can with some like ninja oh, yeah. skills? <laughs> he was like, how did he do that? And I was like, I don't know. And then they go into the classroom and Mr. Clark is telling another story that's another parallel to Will, which is kind of like going back and forth between Will and Joyce getting the bath ready for him and how yeah. when you're in danger, your heart beats or whatever. He and we kind of, learn, yeah, we learned that path. And then Joyce is calling Hopper. I think it's really funny when she calls him, his answering machine says, I'm probably out doing something really incredible right now, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That seems like something you would say, too. <laughs> yeah, but he said in a hoppery voice, he was like, I'm probably out doing something really incredible right now. <laughs> it seems more like a David Harbour yeah. message than yeah. a Hopper message. But I enjoyed it because it was kind of low. I feel like there's a lot of parallels between, like, the characters and then, like, their actual, like, human being personas, if that makes sense. Yeah. It definitely, especially since we, you know, with social media, you're yeah, able to follow everybody. Yeah, because you know them everybody. so well, yeah. Well, we feel like we know them. I feel like also they just, they bring, like, David Harbour and Winona and them, they all kind of just bring, like, their own thing to the characters. It's not like... Well, Winona's mysterious because she has, like, no social media yeah. presence or anything other than those funny faces. Winona face, they call oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is so funny, like, They're the SAG funny. Awards, yeah. Then it goes to the kids, or Tommy... Billy and Steve, and they're in the basketball. shower. Oh, wait, no, basketball. They're, they play basketball. Mm -hmm. And then Pushes Billy is mean Ooh. again to Steve, which is weird because I feel like at some point Steve would be able to, like, stand up to Billy. They seem like equals, but at every point it kind of seems like Billy is the dominant figure, which I guess yeah. is what they're going for. Yeah. Or maybe they're trying to show that Steve's trying to, like, lower his aggressiveness, maybe. But yeah, they're in the shower, and they're standing there, and Tommy's like, oh, you didn't know? Jonathan and Nancy, they're not at school today. They skipped and they never came back. Oh, and then Billy says something obnoxious like, oh, you're a pretty boy. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bitches in the sea. I'll try to save you some. And I'm just like, what? But it's, I don't remember. I think people did have to take showers together in school. Like, because it used to be a thing in PE after school, they'd make you take a shower. And I don't know if, I guess boys shower rooms are different than girl shower rooms but we had like stalls with like little curtains yeah they seem incredibly close <laughs> like, i was like why are they so close to each other in the shower and i mean i get cinematically they need to be close to squeeze everybody into the scene but everybody yeah. seems like their that elbows are weird. probably touching that yeah it seems like a little bit of a like a I don't know, like a school board situation, something that needs to get figured out. <laughs> I don't know, Hawkins County, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I thought Tommy looked funny with his hair. I was like, how look how long his hair Tommy's is. Tommy's so weird. Because in season one, he had the short little spike, yeah. and they only show him for a clip at the Halloween party when he's a Cobra Kai member. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's the best. That was smart. Yeah. We love the Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they're shooting Karate Kid right now in Atlanta. They're shooting like a series and it's got Ralph Macchio and I applied to be an extra William Zapta. Didn't get it. My friend Brian <laughs> my friend Brian is on it, but he's older. That's cool. Yeah, so that has nothing to do with anything, but it's an eighties show, so it'll 80s. be fun. <laughs> I don't know if it's set in the 80s. I think it's set in the future where they're like, Ugh. they run their own dojos or no, something. No, <laughs> not another, what was it, like 2011 Karate Kid situation? Dude, there uh -huh. are a lot of 80s themed shows coming out. So Glow, yes. Gorgeous Ladies because of Wrestling is 80s themed. But I saw another one with like Emma Stone and 
I don't know, whatever that other guy is. I'm telling you, I I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I mention it with my friends a lot. But just, like, every year, like, there's a new, like, decade that, like, we go back to. It's always, like, like, I don't know, like, last year and this year still. It's, like, really, like, 90s. And I guess now everybody's, like, going back to the 80s because... Well, it was 80s for a really long time, but I feel like a lot of 90s fashion is coming back. Like, when Millie was... When Millie was rapping on um, Jimmy Fallon. The sunglasses? Yeah, and I hate those. And Tori loves them, but I mean... I don't know. I don't love them. I think that... They weren't... Nobody else could pull those off. They didn't... so ugly. They didn't even look cool in the 90s, guys. (laughs) They did not. I saw Caleb Warham was... Caleb was wearing them in a photo shoot that he did too so I think it's just Mm -mm. I don't know I I don't know John Lennon and Millie Bobby Brown that's it yeah (laughs) those are the only people (laughs) that can pull those glasses off (laughs) Uh so then we go to the park and it shows these kids you know what it shows these kids sitting in the park and I was like that must have been what it was for somebody sent me an email that was like hey there's a casting call for women joggers for kids and they're like you should be the woman jogger and you should have Kilby be one of the kids and so I submitted Kilby thanks guys and they well it only needed women joggers and the kids but um, we submit you for like everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but they didn't cast Kilby. Huge mistake. Huge. But it was like, <laughs> but it was like, it showed three kids and they were sitting. And then it shows the little um, what are those things seesaw? called? Not the seesaw, but you know the like animals that kids ride yeah. on. And they, I don't know those. <laughs> I I think I know where that park is in Atlanta. So maybe we'll get some video of us. Maybe oh we'll God, go there and we'll sit funny. on it. We'll jog. So essentially, they're sitting there and they're acting like they're trying to meet Mrs. Holland. And people are watching faking them. Faking out Hawkins. Yeah, they're faking them out. But we don't know that at the time. We just think they're waiting for Miss Holland. And they notice people watching them. So they rush to their car. And then someone has messed with Jonathan's car and says, you need a ride. And then after that, they go to Hawkins Lab, which is weird because they just essentially there was no real protocol except that they put him in the room. And Nancy was looking at the security camera and, you know, she said her classic. Let us out of here. They just let them straight in. Like, they just let... Like, Dr. Owens is just like, all right, walk through the facilities. Oh, here's some of our scientists testing on these rotted pumpkins. I guess he's trying to be, like, like candid with them, so they're... I think he's taking for granted that they're adults. Like, he's very candid with Hopper, and they have a working relationship, but these are teenagers that hate them. I felt like they should... I feel like he's trying to be candid with them so he can, like, build, like, a false... Or maybe it's not... You're right. He wants to build a sense of rapport, totally. But it when you're watching it, you're just thinking, like, wait, they just walked him straight in? They're just showing him the brought pumpkins? He's just showing him the facility? He's just showing him the tentacles? It was like, I get it, because he's saying to them, like, hey, we're trusting you with this information. I guess guess you can trust us. They already know. Well, they don't know all that stuff. Yeah. But I guess he knows that they know about Hawkins Lab and they want to tell Mrs. Holland. I mean, I get it, but it just seemed like you didn't need to show them all the secrets. You could have shown them a little. I don't know. It seemed yeah, weird. Give them a taste. Don't. <laughs> yeah, it seems. Well, I buy the cow when you can get the milk for free. That yeah. doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kids leave and they get in the car and Nancy has the tape recorder and she's essentially, she's gotcha. She's recorded everything and she's going to. I don't know. We don't know what she's going to do with the tape recorder as of this point. But Jonathan's yeah. like, did you get it? Uh, <laughs> I love I, you, Nancy. I, I love your Jonathan impression. <laughs> it's it's the best. I don't know. Like, I like Charlie Heaton. And, and I think he's I feel a like they don't give good him enough. actor. I feel like he's very, like, like this I want, me, but like 
like it's he seems very like like base level like face like what you see is what you get there's no like deeper yeah i want about him i want more from him because yes. nancy was snotty and then she and became then she bold cool. and steve was the worst and, and then he yes got the bad and, and then, then gayton was shy and he learned how to like stand up to his friends and then you know like these all these evolutions yes. for these characters but then there's and no jonathan is like jonathan. a level i mean i guess like, there's like a like a flat there, line no there isn't because he takes <laughs> pictures of nancy and what he apologizes is that supposed to be his evolution look we can't go back like to this picture scenario we're gonna have to like take that all the way back to season one i know <laughs> but he should i wanted more from him i'd like to see him being bolder or just something i mean i totally appreciate that he's supportive of nancy and i like that she's taking the lead and it's a strong female character and natalia dyer is an excellent actress she's doing great but i just <laughs> as far as jancy no thank you yeah, I agree. <laughs> that's where we stand friendship totally romance no thank you in the future later not right now her and steve just broke up that makes me so angry yeah and, and it's yeah I, we'll have to move Teenage on we could we gross. could literally talk about this for I like could talk five about this hours for 15 hours i promise you i'm so angry but it's fine <laughs> let's keep going so i think next it goes back hopper finally shows up because was it florence who's like can you please go to the buyer's house yeah. she's like consistent she keeps calling for you mm-hmm. so he heads over to wills and this is where they have the intimate conversation and he's basically will is telling him you know just everything that he already told joyce earlier about how he feels and he this is a crucial moment where they come up with the now memories like these I'm are the things sorry. happening now now so memories dumb. i knew you wouldn't like it i, I knew you wouldn't like it. it i hate it so much wait it's like i'm gonna do a tory explain <laughs> explain okay what do you not like about it i don't like it it's just ugh. it's like the fr- um like when mike in season one explains promise he's like it's a thing you can't break okay so a promise is a vase like it's now memories is they could have come up with such, something so much better well i think that they are trying to now memories right but i think they're trying to come <laughs> up from the point of a kid right but will's I, a kid smarter than that i'm sorry he is yeah but you're a kid they're always like doing experiments and like right ra- i don't know right but if you're a kid and you're being oh, taken over by a monster and you just lived in the upside down like i think now memories is fine for a child for an 11 year old or whatever age he's supposed to be 13. in the show still i think it's fine he's in eighth grade i think it's fine when i was in eighth grade Okay, I was pretty dumb in eighth grade. No, you <laughs> weren't. You just didn't do homework, but yeah, you weren't stupid. No, I wouldn't have. Ugh, it makes me so mad. I think now, because what else would you call them? I don't know. Just not that. I think it's fine. I'll come up with something by the time we do the next episode. What is it? I can't remember. Now. So I think after that, they go to the school, and Mike runs up the stairs, and he says, Dustin, Lucas, party members only. And they don't let Sadie come in, and they go into the room, and he basically lets them know that Will says he heard something in the Upside Down that sounded like Dart, or he doesn't actually say that. He says something like that, and then it basically says that Dart is involved in some way. And then you see Dustin look sad, like, what? Dart? Darty part? <laughs> no, Ash, what did I say about that? Look, right now, no. as of this moment in time, Dart is adorable. Darty part? Mm-mm, I'm yeah, sorry. Darty part? I'm, no, I'm going to have to... I'm going to need a drawing. I'm going to need some fan art. Darty part. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> no memories. No memories and darty part. Come on. Darty part is solid. No, it's <laughs> not. Then, I think there's a lot of different stuff. We forgot something. 11 a little bit earlier like right before um the basketball scene happens or right no 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 right before uh, natalia and them go to not natalia nancy and them go to hawkins um 11 11 goes through the 
baseboards and she finds all the Hawkins paperwork. Oh, yeah. Mom's name on it. Because it's okay, because we talked about this last episode. Did we really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> we were, because we were trying to say that Eleven, you, you thought Eleven couldn't read, and then I was saying, oh, and this goes back to the, the fight in this episode. So in, the, in last week's episode, Tori was saying she didn't think Eleven could read because Eleven is like, what is school? <laughs> and then I was like, well, maybe she has to read, right? Because she found those boxes. Yeah. Um, anyway, in, when they're having the fight with Hopper and Eleven, he calls her a brat. He's like, you're a brat. Let's make that the day of the the day of the, the word. The word of the day. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, let's make that the word of the day. And that was like, oh, yeah. B-R-A-T. He is teaching her words. Yeah. Because Tori and I posited that he should definitely be teaching her this year, over this whole year that she's been with him. And he says that. He says, you know, I'm a teacher. I'm a guide. Whatever he says. I feed you. I take care of you. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't talk about that in sequence, but we definitely <laughs> talked about it last week. Yeah. So after the school episode, it goes to Hopper back with Joyce and they're trying to figure out like Will is sitting at the table and he's going bananas and he's doing his drawings and Will and Joyce is like, I don't know if he's actually drawing them in this episode. Is he? I think he is. But they get them and Hopper moves the table and Joyce realizes that they're connected, that he's making some kind of drawing. And I have to tell you, that's pretty... Sherlocky Holmes work because like yeah. you would not yeah nope I'm sorry that no way Kilby draws oh Kilby was drawing all these scratches all over the table and she put it on the floor and connected them and she said oh look, my god she said look I'm well and I was like <laughs> uh oh guys uh oh Kilby's seen the upside down it's not good it's not good no she likes hot water um <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's the only, it's the only thing. If you guys don't listen all the way to our episodes, or if you don't listen all the way to the end, you should listen past the credit music because sometimes we put in mini episodes where Kilby tells you her thoughts on Stranger Things. Oh my God, please listen! A four-year-old so tells you good. about Stranger Things. I love Eleven, and her dad was yelling at her. Happy, 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 <laughs> Hopper, yeah, happy. What uh, happens next? Oh, it's where Lucas and Max fight fight yeah because they come out of the room and max is pissed because they kept her out and she says i don't understand you guys you guys always tell me you want me to be in your party but then Uh. you always exclude me i don't want to be in your stupid party anyway i'm out and guys our extra brooke was in the background of that scene walking by she said that she was riding a bike and she fell over and so they took the scene again and they took the bike away from her (laughs) 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 so thanks for that tidbit brooke but um me too brooke and this is the one where we actually, Tori and I were talking a couple episodes ago about wondering about Billy's racism or lack of racism. We weren't sure. But in this episode is the one where, you know, Max goes in the car and he says, "You, why are you talking to me? Stay away from him. And I read another interview with... Billy? Yeah. Well, the actor. What's <laughs> oh, the actor? Uh, Dacre Montgomery. Yeah. He, then he was like... He, he, his comment was weird because he was like, I think he just really loves his sister and he would be mad at anybody who was confronting her. And I was like, wait, he loves her? Like, he doesn't act like he loves her. I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, each actor has to make up their own story in their mind for how they portray their character, yeah. like their own kind of backstory. I, think I feel like he doesn't, probably, maybe he probably he, doesn't want to come out and be like, yep, Billy's racist. Or maybe they didn't say he was racist and maybe they said these are the it lines. It's just like up to and your then, own interpretation. Yeah, and then you Billy had, racist, that's up to you. Yeah, and then Billy had to create his own kind of backstory and maybe he didn't play it that way, but yeah. that's how the Duffer Brothers intended it. I mean, there's no way of knowing unless they come out and say it, but. Yeah. So yeah, and then they get in the car and you were saying something about this to me about when he grabs Sadie's arm. Uh. Yeah, you told me that when he grabbed Sadie's arm, that was not intentional. Like, he wasn't supposed to grab her arm. I think you even said it on the podcast, like, three weeks ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
you're talking about. Oh no, Tori's on acid. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you know me. But basically, he grabs her really aggressively. He grabs her arm and he kind of like she like screams at her. I think that's this episode. Is this it the is. one where he grabs her? It is, but I I. It's like a distant memory. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it was intense, and they both did an excellent job. I mean, for Sadie Sink, who plays Max, yeah, that was a that's She's another such a different person in real life. That's yeah. that's what I like because like I feel like all the other characters like Finn is kind of like Mike, and Dustin's kind of like or Gaten's kind of like Dustin, and Hopper's kind of like or, well, she, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, she's a pro too. She's been on Broadway stage, but yeah, but she's she was very in, like she's very like I don't know like. Demure. Like, like, yeah, like demure and like like girly. And very sweet. Yeah, but like in mm-hmm. this she's like a tomboy and very just like rough and mean until you get to the end and she's like, Hi, it's nice to meet you and then she ignores her. There's one scene that comes up next where I can't remember what starts it. I think it's when Billy is driving away and then it shows Hopper and they do a really artsy shot that's like interesting for Stranger Things where it's like shot at Hopper's head from behind and he's walking in slow motion and it's got a soft focus and it's kind of like he's got the shovel in his hand right when he's going to the pumpkin field. That scene was very interesting because it was like a creative choice, you could tell, but it really lended itself to the mood. And then it switched back and he went and he started digging in the field, right? Yeah. And that's where he hit a vine? Yeah. I Is think that what so. happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he keeps going and he hits the vines and then he... Is this when he falls through? I don't think he falls through yet. I don't remember that happening. I don't remember either. But maybe I was too traumatized by Dustin coming home to his mother looking for oh, Muse. Oh, no. Yes. And guys, this is where Dart is no longer Darty Party. <laughs> this is where he is horrible. I mean, I knew he was going to be something bad, but I didn't think he was going to be a baby Demogorgon, and I didn't think he was going to eat the cat. I mean, I did the moment Dustin came home, and the lady was like, his mom was like, Muse, Muse. I was like, oh, God, that can't be dead. I, <laughs> it was upsetting. He kept calling Muse, and I was like, nope, don't understand. But then I heard him eating, and I was like, Jesus. I knew Lord. the second she was saying it. And you know, anytime there's a, anything with animal cruelty, Tori yeah. and I freak out. Yeah. Like, we cannot watch it. Fake dog fighting, no, no thank you. People fake killing no, horses and chopping you. off their heads in mafia movies will pass. <laughs> like, we don't like anything like that. And so I knew it was coming, and I just kind of, like, looked through my eyes. So I haven't even, or through my fingers, I haven't even seen the scene fully because it, it was, was I, pretty bad. I couldn't, I was reading an article. Hey, hey, hey. He I was reading Demogorgon noise. I'm not good at it. <laughs> there was a lady, I think it was a lady, she wrote an article in Cosmopolitan and she was saying, let's take a second to remember Muse. And she talked about how she didn't really think the violence of that scene was needed and how it was very, it just made her sad for future episodes. Like it brought this like, this d- deep sadness on her. And I think it was needed because you have to have something bad enough to make Dustin realize that like yeah. he but is he bad seem- but it didn't need to be that brutally shot yeah. I mean maybe it did I, I don't know I thought it was I, th- I, th- I don't think they needed to show that much blood I remember you and I kept wondering when they were showing the trailer like the blood splatters yeah, on the thing yeah I was like what is that but then we found I thought it was gonna be something totally didn't I, I didn't think it was gonna be a like- splattered cat <laughs> like for sure I don't know he seems I, well, I guess we'll talk about this when we get to those episodes but he seems very unfazed no, I think he's phased. I think he's just got that kind of mentality of, like we talked about before, you get an adrenaline rush and you're like, I got to do what I got to do. And also the episode would move way too slowly, like, or the season would move way too slowly if we had points where Dustin was just like seriously depressed. I think he realizes, like he steps into action, his adrenaline kicks in like, oh crap, my pet killed my mom's cat, killed our family cat. I got to, you know, get this cat yeah. out of here. I got to figure out what to do with him like yeah 
And I think later in the final few episodes, they do come back to that. Yeah. In the, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, you guys listening already 100% know what we're talking yeah. about. But just in case there is somebody going episode by episode. And then what is it? What does it end with? With the, I can't do a Devin Gorgon noise. I can't do it. I keep trying. I'm failing. It ends with the, with the blood, him going over the chair and Muse is like, or not Muse, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> Justice for Muse. Justice, Justice for, for Muse. Muse. Um, up in Cat Heaven. But um, it ends with the, <laughs> with Dart, <laughs> with the Dart uh, Gorgon uh, turning its face around and going, and then it's. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but I know you all know. But later, there's a moment with Dustin and Dart, and I love it. Later? Yes. Later. Okay. Don't know what you're talking about, but we'll get there when we get there. I will tell you offline, and you'll be like, oh, I totes remember that. Okay. Okay. That's this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have much else to say. But I did want to tell you all that there is a rumor that there's going to be something next summer in Chicago and in Philadelphia called Stranger Con. Oh, that'd be And sick. Millie is currently Got confirmed. Got it, guys. We're moving to Philadelphia. Um, I would think you'd want to go to Chicago. That's definitely the one Joe Carey would appear at. I, I was just thinking that'd be closer. <laughs> Actually, I don't know geography at all, so... Whoa. <laughs> I don't. It's okay. Google Maps. Yeah. But that would be really interesting. The only problem with it is that when there's those specific individualized cons, they are so much more pricey than other cons. Yeah. Because they're so specific that it's just like, I remember there was one for, what's that show that's been on forever? Supernatural. And it came to town. And there were so, well, I mean, it's got a huge fan base. I'm not a fan of the show, but it does have a huge fan base. And it's been on for like 12 seasons or something. And it was just so expensive. My friend wanted to go. She was a big fan of the show. And she was like, Everything Tickets is just like so, yeah, it's so, so, so much. So I would love to go to Stranger but it, Con. it'd be worth it. But I don't know how we could both go because we'd have to we'd fly. We'd figure it out. To, I'll be in a, well, I'll be You won't have any money, school. but That's you won't. That's true. That is, that is true. <laughs> Maybe we should start one of those accounts. What are those things GoFundMe? called? GoFundMe? Not a GoFundMe or not an Indiegogo, but there's one like Rick does it right now for his music. Oh, I don't know. Where you like fund artists. Guys, fund us. Let, <laughs> Take pay, us just... Let's pay for us to go to StrangerCon. Oh my god, I hate those. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't like Unless those either. For, like, Unless only... it's for something important, but yeah, not like, like... Speaking of, uh, like um, Joe Keery's bandmate, Javi, who had a stroke on stage. Yeah, why don't you look that up on uh, Instagram so we can actually give the exact information so okay, that if somebody I... wants to donate... Yeah. So I'll tell a backstory. Joe Carey is in a band called Post Animal. Love them. Is it Post Animal or Post yep, Animals? Post Animal. And he obviously isn't with the band anymore because he's too busy being an actor. But one of his friends and bandmates recently had a stroke on stage. And if you go to Joe Carey's Instagram, which is Uncle Jeezy, there's a link in the bio and you can donate to his bandmates' okay. treatment. And Tori is going to fill you in. So yeah, basically... Um his friend had a stroke and he was in the ICU and he's recovering now, but they need like a bunch of money. I think they're either near their goal or they've passed it, but obviously like, like the goal was kind of just like ba- I, the baseline of what they needed. And also hopefully he'll be healthy, but if you have a yeah. stroke that young, there's a good chance he might have other health issues. So go ahead and donate to make over the goal if you can. Yeah, for sure. If you can go to www.youcaring.com slash, wow, this is really, really long. So go to Uncle Jeezy's um, Instagram page and click on the link in his bio. Um, they've actually surpassed their goal by $800, but that does not mean anything. They still need money. I yeah, guarantee the med- it. <laughs> in the medical world, $800 is nothing. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that would be a nice thing that you could do. It's always nice to support fellow strangers in the community. 
Okay. That's this episode. Good luck to that guy. We hope we wish you well and we hope that you're doing better. And thank you for listening to our podcast. We are going to try to bring them out every Monday. We're sorry the last episode was late, but you know, life. Um, (laughs) So how do you want to end it? What do you got to say? I can't think. You've always got the good ones. Justice for Muse. Justice for Muse. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com, as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every Monday, so be sure to subscribe to us. We're available on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Mm-hmm.